Good afternoon, my friends, and welcome to this episode of Heal Your Codependency. Today, we're going to jump into the topic of fixing and how it relates to our sense of self-worth and what's really going on in the background with fixing. So this can be a little complex. I'm going to try my best to make it clear and simple. But this directly relates to the Indomitable Worth Experience trainings that we'll be starting here in just about a week. So make sure you get signed up for that so we can dive in and play with this idea of having Indomitable Worth and freeing you from the habit of fixing yourself. So... That's where I'm going to be jumping in today. Before we get to that, I need to share this out real quick to the communities. So if you're looking for additional assistance in healing your codependency, come join us in the Heal Your Codependency community. Um, that link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're seeking for a deeper dive into freeing your self-worth from the trap of fixing and, and self-esteem and shame and guilt and all that, come join us in the Indomitable Worth community. That link is above on Facebook and below on YouTube as well. So, And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell, and thank you guys for supporting me here on Facebook, here on YouTube, TikTok, wherever this is showing up. Thank you for your support. All right. <clears throat> so let me know. Say hi in the comments. Let me know you're here. It's nice to connect with you guys and to share this experience with you. So are you trying to fix yourself so you're worthy? Let me know if that resonates with you, if that's hitting something in your world, because <laughs> for me, that was most of my life. I grew up in an environment and a culture that, that suggested that there was something intrinsically wrong with us that we had to fix, that we had to remedy. We had weaknesses and we had trials and we had conditions we had to deal with to prove our worthiness. So this idea of fixing myself was there from the get-go, the first deepest memories I have was I was walking down the street. It was a Sunday afternoon. And there were these beautiful flowers. And I had stopped and I looked at the flower and I smelled the flowers, a little rose. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I am bad. I am wrong. There's something wrong with me. Then I walked on with my day. I was like four, five years old. When this conclusion just was like, there's something wrong with me. And from that point forward, I started to try to fix myself. And that showed up as shaming myself so I wouldn't do the bad thing again, trying to be perfect in my behavior, trying to please others so that they would think I'm worthy, that I'm good enough, being highly obedient and compliant, ignoring my needs, don't bring up a need because that's going to cause conflict. That's going to upset someone. I turned against myself. The things I liked, the things I wanted, the thoughts and perceptions I had started to take on this ominousness to it. Like, ooh, is that bad? Am I wrong for wanting that or thinking that or feeling that or having this perspective? I began to see myself as intrinsically wrong. And that became my center of value. Oh, I'm bad. So my work here is to become pure, to become righteous, to become worthy. So let me know if you've experienced that in your journey below. In this, the fixing loop started. The fixing habit became the primary tool trying to change myself. So anything somebody else didn't like, that was something we're like, oh, got to fix that. What that really means is I've got to eliminate it or I've got to change it into something that makes them happy. That's where the people-pleasing behavior came out. 
That's where the perfectionist behavior started for me. So fixing ourselves is a core habit in response to this internalized sense of wrongness. Now, it also becomes our identity. Like In my experience, I am bad. I am wrong. I am unworthy. These I am statements are identity statements. And this, you know, makes it really hard to change. Because the body's like, well, if I am this and I change it, then who am I? And that becomes really scary in itself. So we now have ourselves stuck in a loop. I can't change myself because I lose who I am, but I have to change myself or I'm going to get harmed. So now I have this division, this double bind. I'm darned if I do, darned if I don't. I cannot win. And this is how we become frozen in trying to fix ourselves. And then a lot of times we just collapse. We, We quit. We give up and we just conclude that we're never going to be worthy. We're never going to be loved for who we are. We're never going to be enough to get what we want in our life. This is traumatic. This is deeply painful, right? And so what we want to do with this, where we want to go with this in the fixing thing is to first acknowledge that fixing ourselves is actually how we survived a toxic system, a toxic family system or cultural system or both. It was how we concluded we could have some power in moving through this, trying to to get some of our needs met and maybe get some happiness or relief or peace from it, some connection, some belonging. Because if I could just be the right person, if I could do it at the right time, then that person will like me or love me. Like this was really, really prominent in my dating thinking. It's like, well, if I'm the right guy, then the girl I like is gonna like me. Rather than, you know, finding out if she likes me just because of who I am. This is comes into this this idea of be yourself, right? Well, if I'm myself, then I'm not gonna get anything I need because my past experiences show me I'm not gonna get it because I'm bad. What this is doing, this loop here with fixing, is actually revealing our internalized programming. It's showing us how we coped with events that occurred. So when an event occurs, we have a response to it internally. That internal response is defined by the meaning we give the event. So if I, like in my experience, the event was this repeating language of I am not worthy. I am bad. I have to fix myself to become worthy. So that is the event. It's this repeating dialogue, this repeating message to me about I have, I'm sinful. There's something wrong with me and I've got to figure it out and fix it. And then internally, I conclude that I am bad and now I have to fix myself. That's the meaning is I am bad. And then the emotions that it it invokes are shame, guilt, fear, self-loathing. And that creates an external response or perception. I perceive the world a certain way now. And that perception says, Marshall, when you make a mistake, it's proof that you're a failure. It's proof that you're unworthy. It's proof that there's something wrong with you. When that person doesn't like you, it's proof that you're an ugly, disgusting person. That was another meaning I had concluded about myself. And so now we have this 
whole belief system created that shapes an identity in ourselves that we think we have to fix. And then we get in there and we try to fix it. Oh, but we never succeed because we're always failing. It never changes. We're always either too much or too little. It never really works out for us. And that's because, one, we're chasing externals that we can't control. And two, it's a fantasy that there's something wrong with us. It's a negative fantasy. It's this idea that if there is something wrong with us, then I can control it. If I can control it, I can change it, and I can get a better result in my life. That's what we're really dealing with in the background there. So what do we do with this? Well, that first thing, again, is acknowledging the pattern and that it kept us alive. Hey, I've tried to fix myself so I could become worthy, so I could become loved. This is different than I have a problem. I am bad. See, we're changing the language. We're moving from the identification as that thing to an experience. One of the the deepest things I've I've what's the word there, Marsh? That I've encountered in my own trauma healing is when I'm able to separate who I am from what I went through. When I can differentiate my identity, my worth from my experience, my experiences become very clear and my worth becomes very clear. They become distinct to each other. What that looks like as my initial experience, for instance, was I am a bad person. I need to fix myself. That invoked shame, and shame became the center of my sense of worth. When I started realizing what had happened to me, I would say I went through experiences that taught me I was a bad person, so no wonder I tried to fix myself. The differentiation, I am bad, so fix myself, versus I experienced situations that taught me this, Thus, I fixed myself, tried to fix myself. That's the differentiation there. When we move to experience, we gain access to, our, to the pain of the experience we went through, and then we can begin to care for it, begin to nurture it, begin to integrate it, so that we move through healing. Because as that pain becomes more and more loved and cared for and sheltered, the more, ex- more capacity we gain to see and feel into our own value and our own true experience like ouch yeah that abandonment i had growing up from my parents wasn't because i'm bad or unworthy it was because they abandoned me that that abandonment happened because of their choices not because of who i am that's a big separation don't try to force these things these are things we come into we develop while we legitimize the pain of course i am feeling really hurt and upset about what I went through being abandoned because that hurts and is upsetting. You know, it, it altered my life, which is very different than I was abandoned, so I feel shame about myself. See, that's what I'm getting at there. So there's some nuance here. Let me know if it's making sense. But that first step in, in acknowledging our experience and helping differentiate it from the identity allows us to move to the second step in breaking the fixing loop, and that is opening up to the idea of what if there's nothing wrong with me? What if there's just things to learn and develop? And that allows us to then take the next step in our differentiation is my identity and my behaviors are not the same thing. They're actually separate. For a lot of people, that's a big deal. It was for me. I learned that very distinctly in 
February of 2012, where it's like, who I am and how I behave are separate things. Now, who I am influences the behaviors I do, the choices and actions I take, but the choices and actions I take don't come back and define who I am. They're either aligned or congruent, or they're not. My work is, is to figure out who I am, which is really about understanding my value as a human being, because value or your sense of your your sense of worth defines your identity. It fills it in. So if I'm a lovable, worthy person intrinsically, then what does my behaviors look like from there? Versus if I'm a shameful person that needs to be fixed, what do my behaviors look like then? So when we separate identity and behaviors, we're able to go, oh, I know who I want to be, so here's the behaviors for me to choose. And then we start getting different results in our world. So that equation I gave us a little while ago of, of event happens, we create a meaning about that event that invokes an emotion about that event that creates a perception, changes. And it really becomes like an event happens, I access who I am, my value, that helps me understand the situation better and the the genuine pain I have about it or genuine feelings I have about it. And then I can I can create clarity from that that allows me to create better results for myself. So that second step of separating our identity from our behaviors allows us to look at ourselves very objectively because like then there's nothing to fix. Instead, it comes down to the to the wire of, oh, of course I did those behaviors because I thought that's what I needed to do to get love. Oh, of course I thought I would be loved when I did those things. That's, that's all I knew at the time. So now our behaviors are no longer a weapon against ourselves. They no longer define our, ourselves. And then we can move to that third step of like, who am I when I'm aligned with my innate value or my indomitable worth? They're the same thing, innate value, indomitable worth. Who do I want to be in this? What do I value in this? We start being able to see the value of our pain. Our pain starts to inform us about, well, I don't want to be treated that way, so I've got a boundary now. I've got a standard to live by. And, oh, my pain actually does matter. I can care for it. I can soothe it. I can be with myself here gently and kindly. Hmm. Because in this process, we are not excluding anything because there's nothing that needs fixed. Notice that we're not even judging the fixing loop. The fixing loop makes sense. That's how we survived. That's what we had to do to get down the road. And now we can discover other ways of getting down the road that produce better outcomes for ourselves. So, what are your thoughts on that? Let me know. As for a little homework for you to take away from today, first of all, come join us in the Indomitable Worth Experience Training that starts November 14th, and then we, it's two days, so part one's November 14th, part two is November 16th. Come join us for that. 25 bucks, the link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. It's on my front, on my website at freetheself.com. Join us for that, where we start the step one of this process. Step one is about possibility and discovery. So I'm going to teach you why, how you got programmed the way you were and why we can reprogram it. And then you're going to get the two practices that help start that process. So that's that's the goal for that. You'll be able to exit that understanding why you have the self-esteem you do, why it's not working, and then how to change it. And then you'll have some practices that help you start nurturing that 
that journey. You also have your opportunity to move into the Indomitable Worth experience where we're, or um, liberation where we're going to be going deeper on this. Okay. Then the second thing, my friends, I want you to walk away with this question and explore it if it resonates with you. What shifts if I trust just a little bit that I don't have to fix myself to be worthy? What shifts if I trust just a little bit that I don't have to fix myself to be worthy? Let's see what that brings up for you. For me, it's actually bringing up some tears. Some like well, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be that that way anymore. <laughs> that poor, contorted, painful little boy that tried his best to be a good boy. I don't have to be that. Hmm. I wonder what I get to be now. Get some exploration there. So play with the question. Let me know what you guys discover in the comments below. Let me know your thoughts on today's video. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Thank you guys again for your support and for being here. Go gently with yourselves. I'll see you in our next video next week. And um, I'll also see you online with some writing and whatnot. Okay. Go gently with yourselves. See you soon. Bye-bye.